Hey, welcome back to Success Made to Last. I'm Rick Tokini. This is our special series, Conversations of Significance. And this program is brought to you by Gardner and Collaborators, as well as Play Audio. Our special guest is Josh Snow, seasoned entrepreneur, innovator, investor, most known as the founder and CEO of Snow Teeth Whitening, with a mission to make a difference by spreading knowledge and creating opportunity. Josh has over 15 years of business experience. On the first half of the show, we're going to be talking about his great product, which we have been using here at Success Made to Last. And in the back half, we're going to dive into some deeper, more philosophical um, issues and ideas. Hey, Josh, welcome to our show. Hey, Rick. Thanks for having me. Good to have you. And are you calling from uh, the Phoenix area? Yes, born and raised, and uh, Snow's headquarters is here. So I'm in, I'm in town uh, uh, at home now uh, with the team. Very good, very good. Hey, um, if you want a personal endorsement for a product, you're talking to him. Um, and for you that, uh, for you in the audience that will end up seeing part of this on YouTube, check out these teeth. This is uh, Josh's team has invented what we consider to be one of the coolest products ever. And Josh, I want you to know that I, I came from Procter & Gamble, the company that built the relationship with the American Dental Association with Crest. And at my company here in Austin, we help others create sensory product. You're, you've created a hero product that covers what you see, how you feel, what it tastes like, what it sounds like, it is it is a maybe the gold standard for a sensory brand for 2024. We appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we're very proud we're very proud of that product and a lot of the other products. We've got some world first and uh it's been an exciting exciting journey going on closer to 10 years than 5 now and uh it's uh uh, I wouldn't take it back for the world. It's been an extraordinary experience to be able to become a patented inventor through the process and to um, create that sensory experience you're talking about. And uh, couldn't do it without my team. We're we're hyper focused on the attention to detail, the intricacies, and we've always wanted to treat product as close to software as we can in terms of you know your your phone software updates every month and how could we think about physical products in a way that was a little bit more dynamic than maybe what had been there before and how could we speak to the uh, the customer especially our customer um in a more exciting way about oral care everybody has teeth and it's a huge market uh and being able to stand out in a marketplace like that is something that we're very very proud of yeah without a doubt well congratulations to your team um i'd love to talk a little bit before we dig into the product itself about your team can you describe some of those proud collaborative moments where you brought people together of diverse skills and you guys had the breakthrough aha moment? We've had a few of them. Yeah, we've had a few of them. Um, yeah, I think, I think that during those breakthroughs, we try, to, we try to take as much customer feedback. So when we're launching a, new, a brand new product, we try to ask our audience, what do you use today? What would make that better? Um, you know, what's important to you. We also will scrape as many of the reviews we can out there of um, competing products to understand 
uh, you know, what do they like about those products and what do they not like about those products? Again, the same kind of process, but really thinking through that, I think the ahas, the first aha was with the uh, first version of our teeth whitening system, uh, which we've, we've sold over a million units of, of that product. And the initial version uh, came from personal experience. I had been whitening my teeth since I was a teenager and ended up with uh, pretty sensitive uh, pretty sensitive teeth, um, but I was still chasing after a wider smile. So uh, I kind of caught myself in an interesting position where I was looking for those really strong results, but I didn't want to compromise. Didn't want to compromise my enamel. I, I, I uh, ideally, I didn't want to end up with sensitivity, although I was still willing to give it a shot. And so that was kind of the aha moment where I said, if I'm thinking of this, um, and if teeth whitening has become uh, accessible enough in America that enough people have whitened their teeth and tried lots of different whitening products, strips, and at the dentist. Uh, how many people have sensitive teeth? And so that was kind of the first aha was putting together a product that could drive um, e e efficacy and, and, and be strong, but also protect the enamel and not drive the sensitivity that someone might be used to. Um, and I was kind of in that position. I think that once that product came out uh, and I started to advertise that and, and we were putting it out there for sensitive teeth users, being looking for you know great results but you're worried about sensitivity which is exactly where i was at um it turns out that that struck a chord early on and we've been able to build a whole product line and a brand and a community of millions of people around that initial idea of what we call better for you whitening better for you oral care uh professional level results at home for a fraction of the cost and so some of those elements um which is what snow is famous for now um started out with a personal concern and then along the way we've been able to work with um uh, incredible individuals and then obviously our team and uh you know shasta our vp of product and so being able to collaborate and say how do we do something that perhaps hasn't been done before but that will drive uh value on a daily basis to our customers without them having to change everything they're doing and it's like that toothbrush you can change the settings while you're brushing your teeth you can take a shower it's water resistance you have the led technology um that that we've pioneered uh through our brand uh in that toothbrush and then you can use it with a suite of products one of those products was another aha moment which was when our customers were asking us for toothpaste pretty much since the beginning the toothpaste is not the easiest thing to to make, uh, nor is it the easiest thing to innovate upon because the ingredients set has kind of remained the same for for a long time. The the manual toothbrush was invented in 1949, the electric toothbrush in 1987. And for the length of time that people have had teeth and the amount of innovation, we saw an opportunity to bring to market the world's first sprinkleable powder, which is our magic powder, which allows you to sprinkle on just like you would salt or you know, any type of condiment, you sprinkle that onto your toothbrush and any toothpaste. Ideally, you're using a snow toothpaste or a snow toothbrush, but you can sprinkle that onto any toothpaste of your choice and instantly boost the whitening benefits uh, of that toothpaste. And that was an aha for us because we realized that even though we had a lot of customers asking for toothpaste, it's 
something that's that's a little bit harder to switch. If, even if you ask people, why do you use this toothpaste? Well, because it ran out and I bought another one. It's not necessarily uh, you know, something that they can give you a laundry list. I like the foaminess. I think this flavor is lighter. It's usually just it ran out and I replaced it. And so we said, well, how do we meet the customer where, where they're at and give them an opportunity to trial uh, a snow product without having to switch their entire line out? And that's what we've done with a couple of the products like the toothbrush. How do we get multiple benefits at the same time without changing the consumer's um, kind of uh, programming too much? People don't like too much change. If you have to add too much work to your routine, you're not going to keep up with it. But if you could brush the same two minutes uh, morning, night, but this time you have some booster powder, you've got your LED lights. You're using the toothpaste. It's all kind of the same. You might add one to two seconds to your routine, but for the benefits uh, and the ingredient focus that we have as well. So we're always looking to to find aha moments in flavor, in uh, collaboration of ingredients, uh, and in those benefits. Can we whiten? Can we repair enamel? Can we stop sensitivity? Sell them what they want, give them what they need, and try not to change it too much, and then make that process as smooth as possible so that uh, our customers uh, have no reason to switch. They're, they're comfortable, they're excited. And that's what we're most proud of is that, that aha moment of realizing that we can take products that people are used to, innovate upon them. And if the value's there, people will choose that product over and over again. But winning that over is no cakewalk. So you do have to have a, a, a real rationale why someone's going to switch from something they're used to using for 20, 30 years and they're going to switch over to, to your brand. And we've used innovation across the line to um, substantiate and justify why those customers should switch over, why they should stay with us. Um, and most recently, we've been working on the um, price uh, entry levels. A lot of our products would last six, nine, 12 months. And we realized that if we can create a little bit more of a travel size version of that, that allows us to drop the entry price for that product. And we've seen huge success in being able to open up the snow line. Um, for, for a long time, we've always been kind of one of the more higher end oral care brands from a price perspective. And now that we've been able to adjust prices to meet the customers again, where they're at, um, we're seeing a huge, um, a huge response uh, when people are able to get, you know, hopefully a better product that they enjoy a lot more. Um, for the same price as something that they're used to. And then it becomes a no-brainer after that. If you truly have the better product, the better results, the better experience, and price is no longer a concern, um, you know that's what we're looking to, to, to take on now. But it's been extraordinary going through those five world first and the world's first sprinkle powder and being able to combine things that our brand is known for and what our customers want. Um, so we're hypervigilant. We have tens of thousands of reviews that we're constantly monitoring to understand where that innovation should come from. And then from our side, collaborating with our manufacturers to bring to market something that perhaps people weren't thinking of a sprinkable powder, but they might've been thinking of an easy way to try a snow product without having to switch to a routine. And that's where that innovation on the company side comes in. That is outstanding. Josh, congratulations to you and your collaborative team. It's There are some things that you are doing that I want to point out to our listening audience that I think are just amazing. One is that you are, you guys are so connected to us, the consumer and how, what we're thinking. 
And there's folks, if you, when you buy this, the snow <clears throat> treatment, and I, I would say it's almost a concierge for the mouth. Um, it comes with this really cool smile fearlessly guide on where your teeth are. This is ingenious because it's like, where are you and where do you want to go? Okay. So there's, there's a sense, there's a, uh, the brilliance of sensory branding right there. So you got the visual. And then when you start to use this uh, incredible product, it's almost parallel to using this. It's Those are my two daughters, by the way. Um, it is so intuitive, and it feels right. And then I started looking at, I've got so many friends at Apple, including Steve Jobs, protege. And I went, oh, my God, are they? Are they the apple of tooth care? Because your boxes are like spectacular. They're Tiffany jewelry level. And so you feel good about when you open up the product and then it's. But I got to I got to tell you something on the back. Made for every smile. That means that you're are you after eight billion people? A lot of people have teeth. Yeah. Any Anybody with teeth, uh, we would love a chance for that. <laughs> That's price. ambitious. That's ambitious. But what's cool, though, Josh, is maybe it goes without saying, but you you and your team have decided to be in the oral health care, not whitening business. Correct. And so I this is this is Josh Snow. This is his company. And this is about taking care of all of your teeth, sensitive teeth, gum care, et cetera. And so that's what the invention is all about. And just like the Apple, just like the iPhone. I see you guys is continuing to move forward because if you're so synced into your consumer base, you're always going to be learning and growing and having something new. And uh, I would like for you just to comment to the entrepreneurs that listen to this show. How do you go about pricing a product that is so unique and has so many benefits and features, especially when you compare it against going to a dentist that's going to charge you over $100? to do what your product gets to do for us at home? Yeah, no, it's a good question. Um, you know, we, we're constantly looking at positioning, which price is, is naturally a big part of that. And in the very beginning, started with teeth whitening because I, I went to my dentist and my orthodontist, and my oral surgeon who helped uh, really formulate those first versions of the product um, with me. And uh, whitening was again something that um, I was I was very knowledgeable with. I had braces multiple times, jaw surgery, so I, I had been working on my mouth pretty much my whole life, and so I was very um, intimately familiar with the products from a consumer perspective. And price is something that, in the very beginning, uh, you know, we wanted to bridge the gap between products that that you could pick up for 20 30 40 50 bucks but maybe we're missing some elements that could add uh value inside of there and then you had um you know more of the professional treatments which you're going to get the results by the time you leave that chair but there is a chance for that sensitivity there's always a chance for sensitivity across the line and so trying to figure out what is the value of that system and so when when we launched it was um pretty much the the priciest system on the market um mm-hmm. there there really wasn't 
Uh, there were other options that were more expensive, but from a reach perspective, millions and millions of, of shoppers on the website, um, that was where the positioning was at for the product. And I think as an entrepreneur, when you're creating something that doesn't have direct comps or is hard to directly compare, uh, you've got to think through what's the elasticity of the market. So one of the easiest ways to look at that is what are the products out there selling today? And we'll look at Amazon, we'll look at retail uh, to understand what price points. And we can plot those prices out based on volume, where the price is at, and then what those features and benefits are. And then you try to find you try to find a sweet spot. Um, ultimately, when you're in a market like oral care, um, it's a very subscription-friendly uh, business as well. Once someone finds uh, a good toothpaste they can trust or a good toothbrush, they will sign up for those refill heads. They'll sign up for the toothpaste. Uh, uh, we have a veneer toothpaste uh, as well. So we've created some stickiness in terms of innovation, which allows you to test the price a little bit you know, if you're just a me too product, it's going to be very difficult to drive that substantial value because it's just not there. And the consumers are extremely smart nowadays. They look at every review. They're looking at competition. So I would say as an entrepreneur, you have the opportunity in the beginning when you launch a brand new product, just like the iPhone, um, there was nothing like it when it launched. And now there are tons of smartphones. There's still nothing like the iPhone. They built this whole ecosystem of value now. Um, that that has value on its own. The device is kind of the key to go to to enter Apple's ecosystem, and so we started thinking about our products um, and which ones are, for example, what are your loss leaders? And so Costco famously has a dollar fifty hot dog, and they usually have the lowest price per gallon of gas in the area. So as a Costco member, you might only go a couple times a year to the, to actually you know shop in Costco. But you're going to buy, you might buy a hot dog and it might remind you of that value. You might go and get gas every week and it reminds you of that value. And so as we've expanded the product line, we've had to decide which, um, which elements um, of our product line are a little bit more mass uh, marketable. So toothpaste, 8 billion people could technically use toothpaste. And so that is a big market. Now we have a, uh, you know, in the US, obviously it's, it's not 8 billion, but we still have a large enough market where certain products like a toothbrush, there are still millions of adult Americans who, who use a manual toothbrush. So even getting someone to switch from manual to electric is a really big deal. And so I think, you know, as an entrepreneur, you've got to figure out, um, you know, are you going prestige? Are you going mastige? And these different sectors of pricing premium, mass premium, just mass discount, so kind of figuring out where your brand and product is going to live. We sell with, with Neiman Marcus, Saks. Uh, we launched with Nordstrom in October. And we've got a really big, exciting, uh, very large retailer we're launching in a couple months. So the, the kind of the breadth of type of retailer and partner we work with, you can buy the product on our website. You can buy it at Nordstrom. You can buy it at CVS. And so that, that kind of having those products, now keep it in mind, you might start with one or two products in the beginning. And those products should be your hero products. They should be incredibly strong. They're, they're essentially the, the calling card for your business to your customers. And we bootstrapped the first $100 million in sales, listening to the customers on where price needed to be. So when we started, price was, um, price was a way for us to build our business. It was a way for us to protect our innovation out the gate. 
we continue to do that because now we you know we've been launching products for years now and so that product might start out five bucks more because you don't have economies of scale yet you haven't bought enough of it you're still trying to kind of figure out and tweak the attention to detail on that product so that it truly is a best in class or best in category um, product then you might be able to either drop the price or you can increase the price and there are easy ways to do that with sizing sometimes people want a much bigger size and they're willing to pay a little bit more sometimes mm -hmm. they want a stronger version of that product um, and so there's always opportunity to create margin through price you have to decide which business you know you're in and for us in the first five six years it was about creating a brand and a platform that people could tr uh, trust that was built on efficacy and innovation and then we realized we could continue to make four hundred dollar teeth whitening kits and all of this as we started to to, to venture the, in that direction but then we saw an opportunity if everybody could afford a snow product where today you can enter the snow ecosystem for as little as five dollars today and you're a part of the snow ecosystem you're a, a snow uh, family member at this at this point where before you had to spend over a hundred bucks just to enter the snow ecosystem so depending on your business figuring that out margins are important of course but thinking through are you in the volume business are you in the you know uh, high margins lower volume business can you be in both can you be in both for a while and being willing to pivot and test and there are ways to price test as well to understand are you getting more customers to convert because the price is lower, because the price is higher. Sometimes you could price a product too low and it doesn't uh, provide the substantiation and perhaps you end up having to cheap out on things. I think for us, we wanted to create a best in class packaging experience, educational experience, branding experience. Obviously the efficacy has to be there. If the product doesn't work, they won't buy it again. And we have a roaring returning customer base. So I think We've played a lot with pricing as we launch new products. That's a great place to do it. And I think nowadays we're more apt to launch a uh, kind of like a trial size of a product for $10, $15, than to launch something that's going to last you two years in terms of, you know, a, a toothpaste tube that lasts you two years. That's, that's not meeting the customer where they're at. And so I think ultimately it comes down to, uh, your brand, its position, and then its position in comparison to the competitors in the market. And does your product and experience drive enough value to substantiate? Because you could get away with it once by charging a little more than you should. But if the value uh, matrix does not meet, uh, meet there for the customer, customers just have too many choices nowadays. So I think that figuring out that positioning of what, what margin should we be at? Let's say it's at least 50% if you want to sound retail. And then what are you putting in the product? We put a lot of really good stuff in the product. We use really good uh, materials. So the cost of goods is going to be a little bit higher. So as you create that margin, then you figure out how much might it cost to acquire the first thousand customers or a hundred thousand customers. Then you have a little bit of padding, hopefully for some marketing mm -hmm. and advertising. And, and some padding in general, and then you want to take any profits you're making from that product back into making the product that much better, and then see if you're able to get economies of scale to reduce that COGS, a cost of goods. And now you can substantiate reducing the price because your margin stays intact. And if you're able to do that on the right products, you're reaching a much larger um, audience set without watering down the product.
you just gave our listening audience their next MBA. Thank you very much. That was, <laughs> that was beautifully stated. Aside from advertising on Google or Facebook, where would you suggest uh, bootstrapping companies advertise today to build community like you have? Man, I, you know, I would say, uh, you know, I've been fortunate to, um, you know, I started out running media, uh, media buying and advertising for other companies and then, and then moved on to uh, building my own company. So I've been uh, watching this cycle for a long time. And when I first started, it was hard to beat Google and even YouTube, uh, you know, search engine optimization. Still today, a lot of people don't, don't talk about it, but ranking on Google and getting your products high up there, uh, you know, like in our business, toothbrush, teeth whitening, teeth fighting kid, mouthwash. Um, that's one of the best ways. Uh, it's not the only way because you might want to layer that because search engine optimization sometimes takes takes a while. I mean, Google's got to figure out who are you. You've got to create content that relates to those keywords. The content has to be um, very helpful. Uh, but SEO as a bootstrapped founder, um, it's something that I wouldn't neglect. I'd even, uh, it's kind of, I, I would kind of group it in with PR, any any free PR opportunities, even if they're local, reaching out to the local news stations to tell your story and, and what you're working on. They love to feature um, local businesses and local entrepreneurs. Uh, and then I would do some SEO, um, which is what I had to uh, become a master of early on because I didn't have the budget. Um, to, to scale my businesses when I was starting out. So then I would go to Google still, um, not much has changed. We still use Google a hundred times a day or Bing. Uh, and things are changing a bit with AI and voice search and all this other stuff, but Google is still a very, very powerful tool. Now, when you're a bootstrapping and building out a business, you don't want to go after just toothpaste, right? In my scenario, I wouldn't just go after toothpaste. I would go after toothpaste for people with veneers. If my product works on people with veneers, uh, I'm going to go after a very specific keyword. Now, there might only be a few hundred searches a day or a few hundred searches a week. But if my product is um, uniquely positioned to convert that search term, um, all I care about is making the next best affordable step as a bootstrap founder. So if I can turn 10 bucks into 20 bucks, could I turn 20 into 40 bucks? And then until I tap out on that keyword, then I'm going to add the next keyword. And what a lot of people will do is, and I'm guilty of it as well, is sometimes go a little bit too wide in the beginning. Now, now nowadays, 2024, um, I would be remiss not to harp on uh, platforms like TikTok, where creating content, even if it's not you creating the content, you get uh, you know, your daughters, a friend, a neighbor, someone to be the quote unquote face of the brand and say, Hey, I'll, you know, I'll give you some product. If you like the product, would you make some videos that I can post on TikTok? TikTok has the natural viral opportunity where Instagram used to have it. Uh, it's very difficult to go quote unquote viral on Instagram nowadays. And then I like YouTube for the same reasons on the SEO side of things. YouTube is number two, number three, largest search engine in the world. People go to YouTube to search stuff. So I would um, create some content, even if it's yourself. If you don't want to get on camera, ask someone to do it. If you still don't want to do that, there are AI bots and all kinds of stuff nowadays to create the content. But you want to kind of seed your business. You want to have a few articles that talks about specifically what you're working on. You want to have um, some placements. Uh, you want to be creating content so that 
um, like a like a slot machine. You don't know what's going to go viral on TikTok unless you're you're kind of yeah. putting some stuff out there into the mm-hmm. atmosphere. Uh, very low cost stuff across the board. And then the last one I would really focus on is Amazon. Uh, I think um, uh, you know if you're selling a product, especially if you're selling a service, maybe not so much, but if you're selling a product. Uh, figuring out how to position your product the best way, take the best photograph that you can, uh, make sure the product description has as many keywords in there so that when people are searching on Amazon, another top three search engine, you got Google, YouTube, Amazon. This is where people are searching for you and your competitors. And they do make it easy for you to run ads sometimes in front of your competitor search terms. So if you have a very specific competitor, um, you want to cut the buying path and you have uh, you know, you have the consideration phase where someone's considering buying your product. Maybe they've never heard of you. You just launched yesterday. But who have they heard of that they might be searching for that is doing something very similar to you? And how can you put yourself in front of that potential customer and say, this is a, a better option, better price, better value, better, you know, what is better about what you're doing? And sometimes you can cut the uh, conversion path. Uh, like my buddies at, at uh, Tough Dinito Mattress Company, I, they had a great competitive strategy where their competitors would spend all this money on TV ads and they would sit back and rank and collect those customers with a better product, um, but they didn't have to spend as much to, to educate. Education is expensive unless you're doing it on TikTok, YouTube, where it's going to live for a very long time. And you have the chance to... Uh, you know, get five, 10 million. We have videos that have gone, you know, 10 million plus views where you go, there's no way I would have ever expected that that video that was made for free with five minutes of work went out to get 10 million views and drive all these sales. That kind of gets you hooked after a while. So from a bootstrap perspective, without having to go and throw a boatload on influencers and celebrities and advertising and all this stuff, one thing I'll, I'll always say and continue to say is meet the customer where they're at. And if they're on Bing searching for something in your area of service or product, that's going to be one of the best ways to jump in front of them. And then once you can get a little bit of traction, get your first client, sell your first few products, then you want to optimize on what's working, follow the money. And so if you see that YouTube is working for your brand for some reason more than TikTok, you can't do it all in the beginning. So you want to double down in that area until you can build a flywheel strong enough. Like a lot of my, my buddies who built on um, Amazon specifically, they built a, a multi-million dollar flywheel from Amazon because they rank now on Amazon for these keywords. Now they can take a chunk of that and go and work with a celebrity or go and uh, you know, reinvest that money into, into Google, into wider campaigns. So you just have to be super disciplined. You, you don't need everything to work and you need to uh, really focus in on areas. If you don't have a lot of cash, but you have some time, even if you're not an SEO person or a marketing person, as an entrepreneur, you have to kind of be an everything person, especially when you're bootstrapping. And the good news is that you can learn this stuff enough to be dangerous and be able to take your business to the next step in an afternoon on YouTube. It's not... You know, I didn't know any of this stuff when I started. Um, and so uh, nobody did. I mean, nobody knew anything when they started. So I think um, rolling up your sleeves, getting in there. I was doing customer support inquiries, listening to the customers myself, <laughs> hopping on the phone, creating a Google campaign. You kind of have to be willing to do a few things. Hopefully you have some help inside of there. 
but you're just looking for one to two things in the beginning that gets you a couple sales, use that to get your next couple sales and then build that out from there. And that was the PhD version. <laughs> Man, what an education. Okay, we're going to take a quick commercial break and we'll be back with Josh. And um, I'll start by saying make sure and and go to his company. Um, I believe that the website is trysnow.com. Uh, trysnow.com. Yep. And uh, try out this. Don't try it out. Be a part of the 2 million people that are already part of the tribe. Um, I got to say, if there's, this is weird to say on the first day of Lent, but my addictions in life are now Josh's product, the snow oral care, and the iPhone. Two things, along with my grandchildren. So uh, we will we will be right back with Josh Snow. You've heard the adage, you may be able to run fast on your own, but you can go further with others. And it's not just a saying. We've got the data to prove it. I'm Dr. Heidi Gardner. And I'm Ivan Matviak. We wrote the best-selling book, Smarter Collaboration, and have been called the world's leading experts on the topic. Together, we've been collaborating for 25 years, not only in marriage, but also in research. And now we've got a groundbreaking podcast series on our favorite subject. We travel the world talking to leaders who've used smarter collaboration to change the status quo, both in their businesses and communities. Through their stories, we learn the best way to tackle the world's most complex challenges and opportunities by bringing people together and combining their unique skills, experiences, and perspectives to achieve results that no one could achieve on their own. We've heard about the creative writing process behind Grammy award-winning songs, pulling a major university out of a financial tailspin, and working with government officials and village teachers to provide eyeglasses to the entire nation of Rwanda, and much more. You can access all of the Smarter Collaboration podcasts presented by Constant Contact on our website, gardnerandco.co, or anywhere podcasts are heard. And while you're on the site, See how we can help your company or cause succeed in today's turbulent environment by collaborating smarter. From interactive keynotes and workshops to tech-based tools, we help organizations master the vital skills of smarter collaboration. Break through with smarter collaboration. Okay, we're back with Josh Snow, and we've already eaten up more of your day than we expected. Do you have uh, 10 more minutes to talk about a few things? I would love to. I want to know who shaped your heart to give back. Well, I a lot of people, um, and and it continues to grow. I, I I didn't grow up with the the you know highest means in terms of socioeconomic uh, <clears throat> status. My dad's an immigrant from Spain, and you know we kind of had to rebuild from the ground up, and so that meant that uh, I was constantly humbled by my surroundings. Um, and you don't know it when you're a kid, but as I as I became a teenager and started building websites um, and realizing that I could potentially help my family out, I could help myself out if I could charge 500 bucks for a website and I could make it in the the public library for 10 bucks, that I could make those websites and get good at that. And I think that my upbringing um, was the basis for wanting to give back, just because being in that exact position. And having these big ideas and, and, you know, when I was on the city bus or, um, you know, uh, having some difficulties keeping up with things because in my head I had these great ideas and I knew that I, I didn't know I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I didn't really 
have that understanding necessarily at that age. I just knew I wanted to do something. I wanted to become a community leader. And when I was uh, when I was a junior in high school, uh, my dad brought home a little sliver. Uh, he worked at the post office at the time, and he brought home a sliver of a classified that showed Arizona State University was holding a uh, a program for for students interested in business and also interested in in higher education. It was for underserved students, and um, it just made a lot of sense to me. And it was one of the first times where uh, me and my dad were talking on a business level because entrepreneurship generally can be looked at as an incredibly risky thing to do. It's not easy. You know, you're kind of carving your own path. And so there was a lot of, um, a lot of cognitive dissonance to being, uh, you know, first generation and also wanting to be an entrepreneur and create stuff from scratch, but also wanting to still, you know, go to college. And so there was a lot in there. And so when I went to this program, I met Mr. Fleischer, who's been my mentor and one of my best friends now for half my life. And I, I uh, applied for the Fleischer Scholars Program, which I've now been fortunate to be an attendee that year, a mentor for many years, uh, and, um, a donor, uh, a trustee. And I think for me, um, going through that program and meeting Mr. Fleischer uh, kind of opened up my mind and said, you know what, this is, this is an opportunity where I can get a higher education. I can apply for scholarships. I can build my business. Uh, you know, here in my dorm room. And it kind of started to create this, this whole new world. And I said, wow, how many more, um, you know, uh, how many more students are out there that have big dreams and big ideas, but they might not have the most conducive environment that throttles those ideas forward or throttles their, their potential. Um, and, and, and that was kind of what hit me. And Mr. Fleischer shared with me that, you know, he said, I, I think, the biggest opportunity in America is uplifting the underserved communities and creating access. And when I look back to my story, the internet changed my life. The, you know, the fact that I could, uh, the, the fact that I could, I could build something as, you know, a teenager in West Phoenix and I could go on the internet, I could watch YouTube videos, the democratization of information and opportunity that got me fired up. And then Mr. Uh, Mr. Fleischer asked me to come back and be a mentor. I ended up going to Arizona State University, uh, graduating uh, from the Honors College there. And um, it, was a, it was a huge life-changing moment for me to be running businesses, be able to get a higher education. But I realized that if I hadn't gone through that, not just the program, Fleischer Scholars Program, which, which I'm so grateful for, um, it made me think how many more are out there that are in a similar position and how many can I help? So I started giving back as soon as I could. I, you know, right after that program, I signed up to be a mentor um, so that I could keep that going forward. I would say, ultimately, um, nothing humbles you like giving back. Uh, no matter how much money you think you have, no matter what you think you have, it, it you realize that um, you can spend your whole life giving back and there's still more to give. And I think that was really useful for my entrepreneurial journey because as an entrepreneur, you're looking for that next tranche of growth. Um, and I think it keeps me incredibly grounded. Um, it reminds me where I came from. Um, and it reminds me what we're really here for is, is to give back and to share ideas. And, um, you know, it's a way for me to show my thanks to the internet and all of these opportunities that, that I took advantage of 
how could I uh, share that? Who, who else is out there that could be, you know, someone that cures cancer or someone that creates a, a business that helps a lot of people, but they're just one step away from that and that belief. And so we do a lot of work with teenagers, high school students. Um, that's really the focus for me. Um, but, but it's across the board, even on the snow side, there are 19 million American children that go every year without dental uh, access. And so just here in our backyard, 19 million American children that we can help, how do we, you know, how do we give back? How do we donate product? And so I think creating that layer and everything that you do, at least for me, has given me um, a stronger why of why I'm doing things, even building snow. And I've taken zero dollars off the table um, and, and, and bootstrapping and growing it. And, and we now have investors and all of that. But why am I doing this? One of the reasons is I get to teach from this platform. I get to teach other entrepreneurs. So students and entrepreneurs, both of which I've been able to go through, it just feels really good. Ultimately, it, it's, it's, it almost feels too good because you give back and it just, you realize, you know, if I keep doing this and I can continue to give back and then you hear the stories. I mean, once you give back once and you hear a couple stories, man, that's kind of all you think about after that. And you think, how can I, everything that I'm doing on a day-to-day -day basis, how can I thread some factor of giving back, even if it's through ideas, inspiration, uh, products. And I think that, that that piece for me, if I don't have that nowadays, um, it's just another business or it's just another thing. Yeah. Um, and for me, I, I've, I've always wanted to give back. So being able to inspire others to give back, not wait to give back, figure out ways to do it, even if it's your time. In the beginning, it was a lot of my time that I would spend. Uh, today, we get to do it as a team. We get to do it as a community. And that impact grows and grows and grows. But again, it always humbles you because no matter how big you grow that, there will always be someone in need. So you just do the best that you can with what you have every single day. And for me, it's created a a stronger mission, I think, across the board. It's given me, it's given me, same thing with oral care. You know, can we help millions of people feel more confident about their smile? And when you smile more, you feel better. Uh, your energy is better. Uh, you, you speak your, your mind a lot more. And so we try to thread everything we're doing back to how do we calculate how we're making someone's life even just 1% better with what we can do today. It's a big deal. You, you remind me, Josh, so much of the founder of LensCrafter. And uh, I'll send you over the link to his, to our most recent conversation. They, they took your same mentality and what I call a great heart condition. And they said, let's go to Rwanda and let's, let's improve every single person in the countries, in the country, their vision. And it's almost, you were, you're on the cusp of doing that. So it's a, what a great vision you have and what a great heart you have. And it's so inspiring. And talk about building your stronger why. It's all around significance. That, that's the reason why we wanted to have you on today is because you've crossed over from success to significance. And your product is just a gift of significance. Right. Okay. It's not, you're not in the, Yes, you're in the oral care business, but do you realize that you're in the significance industry? Well, I can tell you after reading tens of thousands of customer reviews uh, and tearing up on so many of them, I mean, it's yep. 
you know, it could be anything, right? And, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm in the hair care space. I invest in real estate and there's all kinds of stuff that, that we do. And I think that's significance. And the best part about that is that if you truly walk with that as your why, and that really does become, and, and honestly, to me, it's, it's so powerful. It's, it's almost like, why wouldn't you think about that? Because it makes you, makes you think bigger, makes you think longer term as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think it brings together, especially if you're building a team, um, you know, it brings, I think, a higher caliber of person um, that isn't just transactional, they're relationship focused. And ultimately, a business is looking to build a strong relationship with customers. And I think it all kind of comes back together in a weird way on the entrepreneurship side. And that significance is something that we're reminded of um, across the board in our nonprofit work. Uh, in our investing work. And then, of course, with Snow, every day, you know, dozens of reviews that come in about uh, people's story. Uh, you know, they're, uh, they're looking for a new career and they're looking for a boost of confidence. And now they're in a place that they really love and they're so thankful. And, you know, going to that interview and knowing that they were confident about their smile gave them that extra boost to get the job. And you read all these stories uh, uh, chemo patients, people that have smoked cigarettes for 30 years and, and finally quit, but they, you know, kind of feel like they are marked because they stain their teeth by smoking or, you know, uh, drinking coffee. Do I have to give up drinking coffee in order to, to protect my smile? Uh, you know, what can I use so that I can still have the lifestyle I'm looking for? And I think that ultimately a smile is, uh, is one of the best things that we're able to to help. It's confidence, and that significance, I think, uh, to your point, comes to the, the the confidence that we drive through the products with Snow, and then across the board, how do we um, how do we teach even students and entrepreneurs to create um, uh, businesses and missions and and philanthropic efforts that are surrounded around significance? And if you use that that word as your gauge. Um, yes. it will tell you kind of, you know, why are you doing this and what's the point here? And it's okay in the beginning. If you need a business, I, I need to pay some bills. I need to have this shop, you know, make this much money. And that's going to allow me to then be able to think more abundantly so that I can move towards significance. Like you said, from success to significance. Um, and that's a, that's a game changer. And it can be a little bit lonely in the beginning um, because success is that north star for so long that once you get there and then you find significance you kind of laugh at yourself and it's kind of a gulping moment but then if you go back into that same path with that significance layer things start to make a lot more sense or they don't and i think that's the, the one of the nicest things is that i get to say no to 99 percent of things nowadays because of that success layer i can think abundantly in long term which allows me to operate in significance. And some of the people that I look up to and the lens crafters and the John Paul DeJorias and people that are going out there and, and making a difference with their success, um, I realized that at some point I was going to cross that path or, or at least be offered to cross that path. And I'm just, yes. I feel very blessed and grateful to have uh, be working on that layer today and then be working around partners and, and team members that also care about that. It just, it's, it's a lot better. We have been inspired by you today and I want you to just hang on a couple of seconds after the show. And I just want to thank you again for investing the time to be with us. Um, 
I want to extend that I I will uh, adopt you as a son because you 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 are saying the right things and you've got the heart of a leader and you're fearless and you're brave and and uh, wow, it's I'm Thanks, I'm so inspired by you. So thank you, thank Josh you. Snow, for coming on our uh, conversations of significant series today. And we will wrap up by wishing you all great success, but on your way to significance. Have a great week.